0: Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. He was so hopelessly addicted to Christ that it changed everything about him in the way that he lived, in the way that he thought, in the way that he ministered. Paul was hopelessly addicted to Christ. And you hear me right now. If you can walk away from your if you can backslide over some relationship, if you can backslide over some material item that that the world wants to put in your face, if you can backslide over some fame, or if you can backslide over anything, I got sad news for you. Amen. You may love Jesus Christ a little bit, but you're not addicted to him if you're willing to backslide over anything that the world has to offer. An addict chooses nothing but what he is addicted to. Take up the offering later. I, I feel to get into the word of the Lord, it's, it's not a long message today. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. I am so grateful to the presence of the Lord that is in this place today. So grateful for the rich and powerful teaching that we had this morning already. Amen. I'll tell you what. I hope we don't take for granted the anointing that is upon the ministry of this church. And I'm not just talking about behind the pulpit ministry. I'm talking about our Sunday school teachers. I'm talking about those that, that, that pray with others in the altar. There is such a rich anointing here. Paul asked a question here to the Roman people. And he said who shall separate us from the love of christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter no in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things that are present, nor things that are even to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I shall not be separated from my Savior. I want to preach to you with the help of the Lord and, and your help, quite honestly. I hope you got a little left to give. I'm not going to call for a large altar call. But I am going to give us an opportunity for the Lord to to work and to move. Amen. I just want to preach to you for the next few moments with God's help. Hopelessly addicted. Hopelessly addicted. You may be seated today. Paul asks this question, but he's doing something here that we call, at least in my opinion, a question that has a category. We call them rhetorical questions. A rhetorical question is when you make a statement in the form of a question. Most of us here have done this very thing. We ask a rhetorical question when the answer is so glaringly obvious that no response is expected or even needed to the question because the question comes with the answer. You already know it. So there's no response that is necessary. There's no answer that is needed. Do you want slapped in the face? That's a rhetorical question. Or how about with your children when they're in the store and they're picking up things. Can I have this, Dada? You know, can, can, I, can I buy this? And you're like, you've got all these things at home already. And then we, we state that famously rhetorical question that says, what do you think, money just grows on trees? Well, one of us had not had our parents say that to us. Now that we're parents, what one of us hasn't said that to our children. It's a question that needs no response. It's a statement that is cleverly disguised as a question. I love, uh, I I miss brother and sister, Terry Warren now pastoring in Kentucky. And one of the things that I missed so much about him was he had this rhetorical question that he would always ask. And, and he would state it so often that I began to get tickled at him and we'd be in a conversation and we would say something and he'd say, are you kidding me? Not one time did I ever have to say, no, Brother Warren, I'm not kidding you. I'm dead serious right now. No, he was saying that what I was telling him was so incredulous that he was making a statement by asking me if I was kidding him, knowing that I was completely serious, but he was so incredulous of a story that he couldn't believe that it was taking place. My children were small we would ask a question, do you want a spanking? <laughs> Not one time out of three children that we've had, two girls and a boy, has ever at any point in time in that, when that question has been stated, has any of my children ever turned around to me and said, why, yes, Father, that was exactly what I was going for. I would love to have a spanking from you right now. Which would have been followed immediately by a spanking. <laughs> the other day, you know, our parenting skills have been kind of softened, but they're still there with our grandchildren. And Bennett, if you know anything of Bennett about Bennett, Bennett is kind of our male version of what Morgan was, <laughs> but he's our grandson and not not our daughter and so Bennett you've got to watch him he's into everything he's everywhere and and the other day uh, my wife said something he was getting into something she'd already warned him don't do that and he'd gotten into it again and she, she said do you want a spanking do I need to spank you and Bennett said you won't (laughs) <laughs> Boy, does he know us well! Man, kids know where to draw the line. Two years old, he looks at his grandmother. You, you, you're not going to do it. You won't. Did he get? Did he get? No, he didn't. That's what I thought. <laughs> Rhetorical questions, are they're a lot of fun sometimes. And, and Paul was asking a question that had an answer that was so obvious that everyone there understood that he was not really asking a serious question, but he was making a statement. He was making a statement that was so defining about the man that he had become that I have come to the conclusion that Paul must have been an addict of Jesus Christ he had only one thing that mattered to him he was so totally and completely hooked on Jesus Christ that to Paul it didn't matter where he slept whether it was out in the rocks or in a nice soft bed. It didn't matter if he ate or not, if he went hungry or he had a meal. It didn't matter uh, if he wound up even in prison. As a matter of fact, I believe that Paul was so addicted to Christ when he wrote this to the Roman people that it didn't even matter to him if it cost him his life. He loved Jesus Christ. He was so hopelessly addicted To Christ that it changed everything about him in the way that he lived, in the way that he thought, in the way that he ministered. Paul was hopelessly addicted to Christ. Nothing mattered to him but his next encounter, his next touch. I was doing a little research on addictions not too long ago. And I found some interesting facts about the signs of an addict. I think I'm safe to say that there are some people that know very well what it means to be addicted or have somebody that you love be addicted to something. I'm not so far removed that I can't remember back to a day where I had some addictions that were difficult to lay down some things that had gotten a hold of my life when I wasn't serving God. That even when I came back to God, God delivered me from a lot of things. But there were still some things that I had to fight against. So, Still some things that, that seemed to work on my flesh. Some things that had their, their grip on me. And, and I had to come to a place where I had to uh, decide what I was more interested in being addicted to. Because there's only some, a certain amount of things that can get you away from a true addiction. And that is to re-divert your attention to something else. That's why oftentimes people that are trying to give up smoking They gain a little bit of weight Why? Because they are trying to replace This addiction, this habit This thing that has got a hold of them With something that is less harmful They refocus, they turn to something else And so I've come to the conclusion that The signs of addiction Addiction more than just a person who is dealing with some illicit behavior. But when we think of addictions, most of us, we automatically think about someone that is strung out on meth. We can picture the faces in our minds of the people that once looked healthy and now they're skin and bones and they look nothing more than just a skeleton wrapped in flesh Maybe their teeth are gone and their face is all torn up. Maybe they look 30 years older than they actually are. Or we'll think about somebody whose family's been torn up by the ravages of alcohol addiction or some family that's been uh, lost their home because somebody had an addiction to gambling or somebody's marriage that's broken up because of somebody's addiction to pornography. These things that get a hold of us and there are some telltale signs of an addict. But these telltale signs go far beyond just somebody that is into something that is bad for them. Because when I began to read about what it meant to be an addict, when I began to read about the signs that go along with somebody that has an addiction, I began to think about the other side of that. And I began to look at Paul's life. And I began to read what Paul had to say. And I began to watch what Paul was doing. And I came to the conclusion that Paul... Paul had become addicted to Jesus Christ there was something about his life, there was something about his style his lifestyle, everything about him was turned and tuned in to his master some hide their addiction a little better than others but it wouldn't surprise me at all If we didn't have some addicts amongst us today, we just left a song service where people ran the aisles. Now I've been to some parties, not since I've served the Lord, but I've been to some parties. I know what, what happens at parties when people start to let their addictions go haywire. I see all kinds of things. And I got to thinking and even smiled a little bit as I stopped and backed off and looked around at what was going on in here a few minutes ago. People were in the altar. There were some people that were crying. There were some people that were laughing. Most of everybody was on their feet. Some people were uh, hollering at the top of their lungs. Other people were running around in this place. And I began to think, my, 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 if I didn't know anything about this and I walked in for the very first time, I would have thought to myself, what did I just get myself into? But what they need to understand is It's not meth, it's not alcohol, it's not kind of some illicit addiction, but we have come across some people that are addicted to the feeling of the Spirit of God, and it's the only thing that matters is being in His presence. Yet one more time, I'll be the first to say, I am hopelessly addicted to God's Spirit. Clap your hands, all ye people. Somebody make some noise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank God for the spiritual addicts that he has connected me with. The professional says this, when you discover That a friend or a family member has an addiction, it often comes as a huge surprise to you. But secrecy is the drug on which addiction thrives, so it's not really that odd that you were in the dark. Addiction grows worse over a sustained period of time, and there are some indicators that may give you an idea something is wrong with your loved one before the bottom falls out. Here are some signs that you should look for if you suspect someone that you love has an addiction. I found a lot of common ground in that very statement right there way before it goes into the signs of what an addict has going on in their life. I realized that it came to quite a lot of people as a great shock when I went back to my high school senior year and I was different. I talked different. I looked different. I spoke different. I I acted different. Everything about me was different and it shocked a lot of people that didn't understand that something had changed in this young man's life. Something had gotten a hold of him just a few weeks prior but it didn't take long there's some addictions that doesn't take much for you to become totally and completely dependent upon them some things that will ruin your life but this thing didn't ruin anything this thing that I got addicted to saved everything about me that was wrong they didn't understand that they were dealing with an addict As time went by, my addiction became worse. <laughs> I tried to keep it to myself. I really did. I thought, I, just one more year of high school. All I got to do is get through the next seven, eight, nine months, whatever it was. I, I just got to get through this little bit of time here, and I can just, I can just ease in. But but addicts have a problem, uh, you know, because the, the more that you go after it, the more that you seem to need it. And I just found myself just... I couldn't hardly hide it anymore and I began to say things and I began to do things that that let people know that this guy's got a problem. This guy's different. He's not the same guy. That, That what's gotten a hold of him, something's changed about the way he acts. Something's changed about the way that he looks and I just tried to slide it underneath until I got into the word of God one day and I found out that my dealer doesn't want me to keep it a secret. Amen. He wants everybody to know about my addiction to him. He wants everybody to know that I'm not supposed to be hidden under a bushel somewhere, but that I am a light that's set up on a hill. He said, let your light so shine before men. Well, I just inserted addiction. Where light was Let your addiction to me, let it shine before everybody. I don't care who you tell. You tell everybody. You see, the dealer wants every addict to go out and get another addict to join in. Because the more addicts he can get, the bigger he becomes. And Jesus Christ had just taken something inside of a young man that was messed up and and people began to expect one thing out of him and all of a sudden he came back all different and changed and he said, I want you to go out. I don't want you to keep it a secret. I want you to bring me some more people that we can turn into addicts. I want you to bring me some more people that we can save. I want you to bring me some more people that are lost and dying and I want to see if I can get a hold of them like I got a hold of you. Should have known it all along, but being the addict that I was, I didn't see the warning signs. To be honest, I'm just not sure that it would have made a difference anyway. I was already hooked. The first sign of an addict is a dead giveaway. The article read that the very first thing that you need to watch out for is change in behavior. As people's addictions get bigger, their lives get smaller and the things that they value the most begin to fall away. Well, there were some things that I valued. It's just that I had my values placed in things that were going to burn up and blow away. There were some behaviors that began to change. Now, I got to admit, my parents were pretty glad about the changes in my behavior. They were pretty happy, but that's probably only because that they were addicts themselves they kind of liked sharing this newfound thing with me. They kind of liked the fact that I was now like them. Amen. And that I could go to the same places and enjoy the same things and get caught up in the same things that they were caught up in. It brought a bond of unity between me and my parents because the three of us were addicted. Praise God. Praise God. I should have known that Things were changing when I quit caring so much about material things. I should have been clued in when the first time that I put somebody else's feelings before my own. And my selfishness kind of got pushed to the wayside and I began to look at people. Through a different set of eyes, I began to see things differently than I'd ever seen them before. People had a different meaning to me, and God had a different meaning to me that I was on my way to becoming a terrible addict. I was just so wrapped up in how it made me feel so good that I didn't even recognize how I was decreasing and He was increasing. It wasn't so noticeable to me that it, that things were changing. The second thing was watch out for changes in friends. It says this isn't always the easiest area to recognize because it's a fact of life that friendships fade and, and new people come into our lives and I'll be the first to say that I upset a lot of people. Because I had some what I considered to be good friends and some p- friends that I ran around with and some friends that, that I did some things with that, that I shouldn't have been doing back in the day. And I lived a worldly lifestyle with these friends and we would, we would go out at lunchtime and, and uh, do these things and we would find ourselves at parties and doing these things. And, and all of a sudden I came back and I was different. I, I was addicted to something different than they were addicted to and I lost a lot of people in my life over it. But that was okay because what I was addicted to became more important to me than relationships. And you hear me right now. If you can walk away from your addiction, if you can backslide over some relationship, if you can backslide over some material item that that the world wants to put in your face, if you can backslide over some fame, or if you can backslide over anything, I got sad news for you. Amen. You may love Jesus Christ a little bit, but you're not addicted to him if you're willing to backslide over anything that the world has to offer. An addict chooses nothing thing, but what he is addicted to Amen. hurt for a little while. And then I found new friends that shared my addiction. <laughs> they seem to understand me. We get together two or three times a week and have the best parties. We call our parties church. We'd stay till two o'clock in the morning trying to pray a young man that knew about addictions through to the Holy Ghost until finally he received the Holy Ghost. Brother Hopkins, I was there. I remember, and God has made this man an addict for something besides what he was addicted to a long time ago. Oh, it was the best parties. You walked away from there. I'll tell you what, I got addicted to feeling something that I couldn't buy on the street corner. I got addicted to something I couldn't pour down my gullet out of a bottle. I got addicted to something I couldn't smoke and watch it go into my system and make me feel better. But I got addicted to something that was supernatural. I got addicted to the Holy Ghost. I'd stay up the wee hours of the night talking in tongues, feeling God's presence. I'd work and pray with people. I do whatever it took to stay feeling what I felt. I can go on and on with that one. I'm amongst a bunch of a- addicts today. Come on, you might as well admit it. My name is Doug. and I'm an apostolaholic. <laughs> I've got this big problem with the world, you see. I am addicted to something that the world did not give me because they don't have it. The world can't give you what God can give you. Only God can give it to you. But once you've tasted and you've seen that the Lord is good, you'll become an addicted person just like I'm addicted. There's something about the power of the Holy Ghost that'll change you. It'll rearrange you. It'll lift you. It'll do everything that you need it to do for you. Mm. Third and final thing I want to discuss today is says, prepare yourself to see physical changes and someone that who, someone who is addicted. Extreme physical changes are a big, huge indicator of an addiction. You wouldn't believe the way I used to look. Oh, if I could have just gotten a picture. I, I, I'm okay with showing some embarrassing things of myself. Y'all know that. But I'm a little ashamed of what I used to think was cool. You mentioned the mullets. King of the mullet right here. I hear the mullets are coming back. I'm like, no, no. Rocking a little peach fuzz mustache. Wearing my fake pleather jacket and black. I couldn't afford the real thing, Sister Hopkins. I couldn't. Carrying my nunchucks around inside of it because some dude that was three times my size was bigger. I'd come to church because my parents made me, and I thought I was cool, man. I thought I had it going. I look back now, and and and, and with good reason. I look back and think, what was I thinking? But since I've become an addict things began to change over time. All of a sudden I dressed a little bit more modestly than I used to dress. All of a sudden my appearance changed. Some things went away out of my life and you could physically look at me and tell something's going on with that guy. There's something that's changing in him. Something's got a hold of him. I wonder what it could be. Well I can tell you right now honey it's the Holy Ghost. They got a hold of me. It's God's Spirit that changed me and transformed me. It's a renewing of the mind that got a hold of my spirit and yes, it did get a hold of me and it changed me and it transformed me from what I used to be to what God wanted me to be. Paul didn't even try to hide it. He simply gave in. That's why he told the Romans, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. I've added a few of my own friends, worldliness, materialism. You can't let anything get between you and God. And if you're addicted to him, you won't let anything get between you and God. You won't let a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you won't let a drug addiction, you won't let a relationship, you won't let bitterness, you won't let an offense get in between you because all you can think about is I need my next fix. I've got to get back into the presence of God. Nothing else matters to me but getting into the presence of the one who can make me feel better. He said, it's already written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted as sheep for the slaughter. But in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You see, it's the saddest thing for somebody that is addicted to something that is bad for them. And the greatest thing for someone who is addicted to something that is good for them. And that is when you finally just give into it completely and say, this is just who I am because when it's something that is evil and you give into it and you just decide to give up and let it take over it won't be long before it completely destroys you and it will destroy your soul but if you can just get your mind made up that no matter what comes my way I don't care if it's good things or bad things not everybody backslides when a bad thing comes their way not everybody backslides because of a trial some people backslide because of good times come their way you got to decide that I'm not going to backslide, whether it's a burden or a blessing. I'm going to keep my mind fixed. I'm going to stay connected to Jesus Christ. I'm not going to let anything separate me from him. I finally quit fighting what God wanted for my life. This is the clincher right here. Paul said, for I'm persuaded. <laughs> I'm sure there's some version out there. If there's not, I'm going to make one up for myself right here. For I am hooked. Persuaded just simply means that you're convinced. You're, you're sold out. You're, you're hooked. You're committed. You're addicted. You've given in. He said, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come you can't change my addiction by offering something to, to me today and by the way he just putting it out there don't think you're going to come back tomorrow with some sweeter deal and get me to give up it's too late I'm already addicted. Nothing else matters to me, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The music come today. I'm very rapidly wrapping this up. Give me a couple more minutes here. You don't say statements like that. He's not boasting. He's not bragging. He's simply making a statement that I've already found something that I have decided I can never get away from. This thing has such a hold on me. The experience that I had on that road to Damascus. The blindness that I experienced and then the light that came in. Amen. The the Holy Ghost that that has touched his life. There is something about all of that stuff that caused him to say I don't care what you offer me. I don't care what you bring me. I don't care if it's an angel. I don't care if it's a man. I don't care if it's a spirit. I don't care if it's money. I don't care if you beat me down. I don't care if you lift me up and offer me position. I'm here to make a statement. I am addicted to him. Hopelessly addicted and nothing you or anybody else can do can ever change the way I feel. Tell you what I'm addicted to. I'm addicted to sleeping every night with a clear conscience. I'm addicted to feeling something that I can only feel when I'm in the presence of God. I've tried some other stuff. I hope that don't make you feel bad about me. Not not yesterday or last week or last month. It was a long time ago. I didn't just come from the tavern. Although if you'd have walked in a few minutes ago, you might have thought we were all drunk. I'm sorry, that's not the same thing that they're drinking. Oh, we've been drinking. We've been drinking something called new wine. Amen. There's something about being in his presence that changes the way we act. We don't act ourselves anymore because we're under the control of something that has got a hold of us, or at least we should be. Honey, if you can't move when the Spirit of God is upon you, you're not addicted. If it don't change the way that you think and the way that you feel, you're not addicted. And if you're not addicted, may I make a recommendation today. Get yourself into the presence of God. Give in to let him touch you and I promise you this your life will never be the same you'll become an addict like I'm an addict stand to your feet with me today I'm addicted to knowing that God has me in the palm of his hand I'm addicted to knowing that my steps are ordered by the Lord. I'm addicted to having power through prayer in the name of Jesus. When I just pray, it's not just a prayer to make myself feel like I've done a little something, but no, there's something that began to take place when we call upon the name of Jesus Christ that causes the powers of heaven and earth to move on our behalf. I'm addicted to that. wonder today if there's any fellow addicts in this place. (laughs) Maybe it's been a while. I know it hasn't been for a lot of y'all because I saw the way that you were acting. Some of you just can't help yourself. You just go outside of everything that is normal. You don't even pay attention. We were supposed to take up the offering 30 minutes ago. That's what we were supposed to be doing. But no, no, no. You addicts, you came in here and messed everything up. You couldn't wait to come up and get your fix. You couldn't wait to introduce somebody else to Jesus Christ. You had to go and mess everything up. Don't you realize the way that you're acting? You're acting like a bunch of apostolaholics yourself. (laughs) And I'm glad about it. I'm just going to open up this altar for a few minutes. Hey, we still got 10 minutes before we even normally walk out of this place. I know God has already moved, but you see, there's something about when you're addicted, you just can't hardly ever get enough. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless!